Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy birthday, it's September, you are aging like a wine, and if your day is on the 9th, you have the most popular of all time, you were cooking since December, you were made at Christmas time, and like Frosty, you were molded and thrust into sentient life, happy birthday, it's September, you're the product of Christmas Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, September 7th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And last but not least, over yonder... Making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. What was that? A little... Oh, you got a little Nick there shaving this morning? Mm. Yes, my friend Nick was on my neck. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away, subscribe if you haven't done that already, and hey, go to nodunks.com. Get your No Dunks gear. Back to school specials. Like this brand new No Dunk shirt. I love this pod. Oh, you can get it in a hoodie, too. But, uh, yeah, go to nodunks.com. We got lots of gear over there. Beautiful. Very nice. That was some of the best parts about going back to school. All the new clothes. Oh, yeah. I love rock. going uh, new clothes shopping. Always get a belt every year. Why? Weird. A belt? <laughs> yeah. It lasts for more than a year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> got to get a new one. Interesting. All right. Well, we got lots to talk about. We actually have some NBA questions. Yes. Believe it or not, we're going to talk a little NBA on this pod, we have tweet of the night, X of the night, whatever you want to call it at the end. But we start with some FIBA World Cup talk. We've been having a blast watching a ton of it on playback. Thanks to everybody who's joined us live. And we are down to the final four. Our semifinals are on Friday. We're going to be up very early on playback for the Canada versus Serbia game at 4.45 a.m. That's on Friday. Because we had Canada beat Slovenia to reach the semis as Luka got ejected. Let's go through all four of these quarterfinals games, and then we can maybe make some predictions when it comes to the semis. But Canada moves on, Tass, to the World Cup semifinals for the first time ever. Big achievement here for Team Canada. That's why we're starting with Canada. They may not be the favorite going into the semifinals, but they're the best story right now. And you got to lead with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Say, oh, say, can you say Shea Gilgis-Alexander? No, I can't. Uh, Shea has been phenomenal. He's left me a little speechless. I, I do have some concerns going into the semifinal. I am a little, uh, a bit of a concerned Canadian because he's had to do so damn much. And it's not just scoring. You think of Shea. Okay, maybe he's just getting to the line. Maybe he's doing his thing. But it's not just the scoring. 
I went back and watched everything he's doing the last couple minutes of this game. The last minute, he jumped over everybody for a defensive board. This 6'6 guy just went and got it. Then he scored an and one at the other end. Then he comes back to force a miss at the rim on the defensive end. Then he went and got an offensive rebound over two defenders at the other end and put it back. And he just seemed a little exhausted at times. Serbia's got that extra day of rest. I'm a little concerned. 30 points in back-to-back elimination games. (laughs) Serbia's going to be ready, but he just impacted everything. In a game against Luka Doncic, he was the best player on the floor. And the rebound numbers are phenomenal. He led the team in offensive rebounds. He had 10 overall. With his 31 points, I just wonder if uh, if he has a bit of a quiet night. It might happen, um, even though he's he has been so good. Uh, I, I just hope the Canadians will, will help him out. Um, but anyway, so far at this point, uh, I feel like he's the best player in the term. It was a weird game, this Canada-Slovenia game, because it was so entertaining in the first half. It was a high-scoring affair. There was a bit of a flow to it. There was 18 lead changes in the first half alone. <laughs> And then Trey, the second half happened, and it was a slog. Yeah, whistle after whistle and, and complaining after complaining, and it led to two ejections, Dylan Brooks and then not long after uh, Luca. But what would you think of Canada's performance here throughout the tournament and this game in particular? I thought it was awesome. I thought Shea was great. Like Tassa said, the guy did everything. We uh, we talked earlier um, in the World Cup that Shea kind of plays it cool in the first half and then tries to take over in the second half, and that was not the case against Slovenia. He came out looking for a shot, scoring quite a bit in the first half of this game. Slovenia was hot from three, uh, but then they went cold in the second half and they were comp- thrown completely out of rhythm with fouls back and forth on each side of the court. Yep. Canada went to the line so many times. Understandable. Honestly, why Luka Doncic was getting frustrated in this game, Canada was getting a lot of calls, and Dylan Brooks was all up in Luka for the entirety of the game until he got kicked out as well. But, man, Luka is just the best in the world at complaining. There's nobody better uh, right now. (laughs) And when you throw (laughs) Dylan Brooks on him to exacerbate it, it just takes it over the edge. But uh, I thought that was a really fun game, and I thought a great second half from R.J. Barrett uh, in particular. He was kind of the second scorer there. He was hitting the glass as well. He kind of struggled in the first half, and they needed somebody else uh, to carry the offense alongside SGA, and it turned out to be R.J. Yeah. I like that he shot 22 times. It sounds like a really big number, but they just needed it. So you got 24 points on 22 shots. Not the most efficient, but you just need him to be super aggressive when R.J. is a little passive, then you're kind of screwed. Uh, and to go along with Shea going to the line 16 times because he was aggressive, and there's no doubt Canada was getting some calls mm-hmm. in that third quarter, uh, and Luca was yeah had the, had the right to. But Luca let the poor officiating affect him, and it spread to his entire team. I mean, that was it was like everybody was whining and complaining, <laughs> and he is the leader. He talked about it a bit a little at, a little bit after the game, and probably I mean we see this in the NBA with Luca. I mean, he needs a temper boy shirt. That's the honest truth. Uh, because he sort of snaps and he's once again doing the money sign up to the FIBA executives. And he's sort of lucky he lasted as long as he did in this game before picking up the second tech. It could have been called like five times prior and they sort of let it go. Because FIBA officials, you know, they, they don't care. They're like, we, we're going to officiate you once and you'll never see us again. It's not like an NBA official where you're going to see them time after time after time and you maybe build up a rapport. They don't care. They're usually like... You look at me funny. I'm call, I'm gonna call you for an unsportsmanlike or whatever, a taunting or whatever. Um, so he lasted 29 minutes, 26 points. But some of that, I would like to give some credit to Dylan Brooks. Like you said, he's physical. He's irritating. He knows it. But he held Luca to like four of 14 shooting in the two point line, and he was chipping in on the offensive end. 
before Brooks himself got ta- uh, thrown out for like whisper taunting, uh, you know, ta- uh, the whisper trash talk to the Slovenian player, and then that was just a second, and then he was gone, and suddenly he's in like he's in the uh, hallway with boxing gloves on, uh, bouncing around after the victory. He's a weird cat. <laughs> he is a weird he's dude. A weird guy. But yeah. he's played really well, really well for Team Canada on both ends. He's not a real person uh, to be to be in the in the I hallway. Mean, not real. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like AI programmed him. Okay, he's going to Manila. He's a physical guy. Put gloves on him. That makes sense. A thriller in Manila. He was waiting for somebody mm-hmm. to come into the hallway. But at the end of it all, Luca came back on the floor. Dylan Brooks came back on the floor, and they all shook hands, not with boxing gloves on, just with their regular hands. <laughs> and uh, and they walked off. But Luca got outplayed. He definitely let it let it get to him. Shiggles Alexander again. The best player on the floor, uh, and I think back to Luca being the guy who took the Mavs to the offense or to the offensive to the conference finals. He was doing it all, and he was putting the team on his back, and that's what Shea did: the offensive boards, the playmaking, uh, everything. And so I can't say enough about that guy. He did get help from Brooks Barrett. Uh, and Lou Dort, for sure. Yeah, and to kill Alexander Walker, who's yep. had like a lot of good games. There was one sort of stinker within this run, but he was good uh, in that game against Slovenia. Just final thought on SGA. Uh, like we're always talking about, like he's so fun just to watch, like how he moves because he does like slither. A lot of people say. To me, in this game in particular, especially when he's like going on the fast break and going between guys, he's like a motorcycle. On the highway, like through rush hour traffic, like cars parked everywhere, and he's just zipping around them. He's got that fluidity of a motorbike going between lanes and still keeping up somewhat of a speed. It's just so much fun to watch, and he's been better than even I thought or that we thought he could be, I think. He's gone to another level in this. He's already an all NBA first team guy. You're seeing so much buzz like this guy is gonna be in the MVP running, right? Like if if OKC can win enough games. Because that's really the final part to be like like Luca. It's a perfect example where he fills up a box score, he scores a ton, he takes over games when needed. They just got to win enough games in OKC, and you know there's a lot of promise going into next year. You just have to win. Yeah, uh, and yeah, everybody will doubt him in in a way until they win. Is he just a you know air quote stats guy? Uh, but you got to be hyped for this OKC team. Yeah, the way the, how hard they play. You add Chet Holmgren to a lineup with Shea and Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams and just a very deep team. Uh, you know, I, I get, I'm, I'm getting all excited watching Paolo Boncaro for the Magic and watching even even Lowry and, and Simone Fontecchio, but this OKC team is, it, it, ain't, it ain't fake. Uh, Shea's not fake. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he's dominating out there. I saw he was the first Canadian with back-to-back 30-point games since Leo Routens as an <laughs> 18-year-old. I saw that. Leo Routens has been around so long he's retired now. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. In elimination games. I, mean, I don't know if he's retired, but he's living retirement style uh, yes. life out there. <laughs> yeah. He's in the I'm, pool every day. Well, yeah, he loves the pool. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant retired from basketball. He's, he's definitely retired, retired from basketball. Uh, yeah. He's sipping wine and, and shooting hoops on his pool hoop. Uh, yeah. and not a real hoop. But uh-huh. yeah. Back-to-back 30-point games for Shea in elimination games. Yeah. It's just hard to ask him to do it again against Serbia. That's why I'm, I'm slightly concerned. And I think that's fair. Because he was, he was like keeled over yeah 
Talk, he would fall, talk he about would, Leo Routon, the boy get from fouled. Keel Street. He <laughs> was keeled over. He was, he was literally on his, yeah. He was, he well, he would get fouled, and he would fall to the ground, and he would, like, do the thing where, like, people come over, the teammates come over to help him up, and they do, like, a, eh, just give me a sec. Let me just catch my breath a little bit here. I'm, uh, I'm a little tired because I've been sort of carrying the team. But he's going to need help from RJ, like, who, who really came through in that second half, and Brooks hitting some threes, and Dort, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Olenek with his playmaking, because they play Serbia. Let's talk quickly about them. They advance to the semis with a big win over Lithuania, who obviously had sort of shocked a lot of people beating Team USA. But for the third time, Trey, in the last four FIBA World Cup events, Serbia is through to the semifinals, and a lot of it was uh, bogey there. Tough. Serbia's good. Mm-hmm. And Bogdanovic is really, really good. He's definitely the head of the snake. He's the guy that gets the ball when there's five seconds left on the shot clock, try and make something happen. But their offense just cooks. They got good shots every single time down, it looked like, against Lithuania. The ball movement is great. They had so many wide-open layups at the hoop against the Lithuanian team that played really good defense um, against Team USA. I'm sure also maybe a little bit of a letdown game for Lithuania, having such an awesome basketball moment taking down Team USA uh, in the second group stage there. But yeah, Serbia is tough. They beat Team USA in the World Cup in 2019. Bogdanovich had 28 points, four rebounds, six assists. The guy's a FIBA killer for sure. And in that game, when Serbia beat the USA, USA hit 23s. So this team can win even if they don't necessarily uh, have a shooting advantage. Of course, they had Jokic playing back then. So things will be different. (laughs) But this should be a pretty solid game, I think, uh, on that half of the bracket. Yeah, Bogdan's so impressive. 21 points. He was on fire in the first half, making eight shots. And you think, oh, he's just firing away from three. But he was getting to the rim. And this Serbian team will run on Canada. I don't know if that extra day's rest is going to mean much, but you just have to be ready every possession. They get to the glass. Six of his shots were in the lane. Five were layups in the first half. And they're, they're not all jumpers. They, they, like, like Trey said, they look for good shots. They get them. This team is not just him. It's not, it's not as top as heavy, as top heavy as Slovenia is to me. They've got other guys. They're more well-rounded. Bogdan only had to hit one shot in the second half in this team one. And it wasn't a, a was blowout a, going into the right. halftime anyway. Uh, Stefan Jovic hit three threes in the third quarter. Nikola Jovic didn't even have to do anything uh, really in this game. It was quiet. And Filip Petrusev, who will be the guy uh, that the Canadians will have to bang with. I mean, he could outscore Powell, Olenek for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. He had 17 in this game. So they got weapons. They have lots of them. Yeah, Lithuania had 15 turnovers in this game, too, and a lot of those were like the, the live ball variety, so Serbia was scoring in transition. Um, I believe eight of those were just Serbian steals, and they were scoring easily that way. Bogdanovic, just quick note about him. This was his ninth game with 20-plus points since the start of the last World Cup in 2019. No other player has more than seven in that same span. He's over 400 points scored in the World Cup in his career, becoming the sixth man to reach that milestone in this century. This guy is a bucket. I mean, he is. It's going to be fun to watch because that's one of the calling cards for Canada is, hey, we have two really good defenders in Dylan Brooks, and if he gets in foul trouble, which he will, uh, Lou Dort comes in. (laughs) And, you know, even Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Shea can obviously get matched up and hang. So there's a lot of good perimeter defenders to try and slow someone 
like Bogdanovich, but it's whether or not these other guys can help him out. Like, he's not going to be able to do it himself. Uh, just like Shea really won't be able to either. It's going to need, like, three or four guys to, like, hit threes, hit the glass, and uh, this should be a great game at 4.45 a.m. <laughs> you think Jokic and Murray are going to fly out for the game? Mm. <laughs> wow, interesting. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> They'll just tune in on playback? Uh, yeah, the Joker can't leave his horses. Uh-uh. No way. Uh, you, at least not early. that quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamal? No. See what's where is he actually? I don't know. He was he was Kitchener, in guess, Can- yeah. he was in Canada <laughs> yeah. with the with the team when they were getting ready before they head out for the warm up games. I'm not sure where he is. So no, probably not. <laughs> but we'll be there on playback. Like I said, okay. Let's talk a little bit about Team USA bouncing back. They crushed Italy, 100 to 63, to reach the semifinals. Uh, so <laughs> the thing that changed look at this little dancing. Uh, Joe man. Burrow's going in. <laughs> <laughs> so after falling behind by double figures in the first half. In three of their five games in the tournament, Team USA sprinted out to a ten-point lead and and sort of didn't look from, back from there. Trey, uh, they had a they came out aggressive in this one. Mama mia! Bad <laughs> yeah. timing for Italy playing yeah. Team USA after a loss. Team USA was playing full court defense against Italy, which. They definitely did against Lithuania when they were trying to make a comeback, but this was just kind of a continuation of the second half of Lithuania. Team USA saying, we're not going to get beat here. Anthony Edwards was moving the ball. The team basically got on him saying, yeah, man, you can score every single time. We all can. So pass it around a little bit. It worked, uh, which I thought was a huge... Uh, change for Team USA because Edwards was good against Lithuania, but definitely had tunnel vision. I thought seemed like he was just trying to set the record uh, for points uh, for Team USA in that one. Mikhail Bridges was a star. They're calling him Mike over there (laughs) (laughs) in the Philippines. But yeah, he was getting out in transition. Then he just got into a nice flow, getting wide open shots. And Team USA looked like the usual Team USA. People are saying, uh, did they tank the game against Lithuania to get a better draw here (laughs) in the knockout round? I don't know, but it worked out. (laughs) Oh, Mike. Um, I I like this story that apparently the Americans talked to Anthony Edwards before the game and said, you got to pass a little bit more, Anthony Edwards. (laughs) Occasionally. And he did that a little bit more, and he had the biggest smile of anyone on the American team, Joe Varden, right in that for the athletic. Maybe he was watching us on playback because we definitely talk about Anthony Edwards having a little bit of tunnel vision uh, when he's being himself. There's a lack of playmaking on that starting unit, and that's why when the bench comes in and Tyrese Halliburton comes in, things explode. Uh, The three started raining down. The ball pressure is increased even more, and Mikel Bridges was the benefit of the ball movement, dropping 8 of 11. Uh, He looked phenomenal with those 24 points, four threes. Of the Americans, 17 threes. They're just raining down uh, in this game. And they didn't turn over Italy a lot, but you could just see the athleticism when they did. 25 points off 14 turnovers. When they want to run, that's a lot. I mean, that's almost, you know, almost a bucket per turnover because they won't, they really were into playing D, as Trey said. They're pressing. Yeah. In the first half, in the second <laughs> half, yeah. they wanted to play. They know it's a 40-minute game. We're 10 deep. We can do this. Yeah, it's smart because, you know, the Italians, they, like, run sort of a motion offense. So you start half-court trapping them, full-court pressing them. You get them out of that rhythm. It worked. The other thing is the Italians couldn't hit a shot. I mean, we watched this one on playback. It was over in a hurry. Yeah. They shot 7 of 34 to start the game. I mean, it was bad. And then the other part, like, the, the thing that gave the American team sort of trouble in the Lithuanian win, even in the Montenegrin game, where they kept it close, they got big boys. They did work on the boards. USA got out-rebounded in those two games. But the Italians are much, much smaller. And 
USA had a 51 to 33 edge on the glass. So you take that part away, the one maybe weakness of this Team USA squad, uh, and you know you're gonna romp a team like they did 100 to 63. Highlight of the game, I guess, was Halliburton uh, off of a steal, uh, sort of a trap at half court, going between his legs in midair for the alley-oop to Bancaro there, who threw it down. They were all skipping down the court. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then you saw people upset online. Oh, they're rubbing it in. You shouldn't be doing that when you're up 30. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Not as bad as when Sean Kemp grabbed his nuts, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Who could forget? (laughs) Not as bad as that. Uh, Any other thoughts there on uh, I forgot. That American? I forgot about Kemp grabbing his nuts. Oh. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, well, Germany is our final one here into the final four. They're going to play Team USA. That one's at a more respectable 8.40 a.m. We'll be on playback for that as well. Uh, but they squeezed past Latvia 81-79 to to get into the semifinals. Franz Wagner's back, came off the bench, scored 16. And Germany here is the last unbeaten team in the World Cup. Like, they still haven't got a, a loss, and... They're going to try and keep that going against USA, but what would you think of this game? Well, they got size. Franz Wagner, eight boards, even though he's not a, you know, big. Uh, he plays big, and Tice is big. Mo Wagner is big. They've got Johannes Voigtman, who's also a big boy. So uh, they should have that advantage, I think, over the Americans. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was horrible in this game, and they were still <laughs> able to uh, to manage to, yeah, to beat a, a, a Latvian team that I'm going to miss. Uh, watching mm-hmm. these games, I'm going to miss Artur Zagers. I'm going to oh, yeah. miss that guy. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. Uh, and he'll, he'll probably be stateside someday. Uh, I saw John Hollinger writing about him. Anyways, yeah, he's a great guard. Not anytime soon coming over. But, um, yeah, the Germans are they're stacked. I mean, they are very well-rounded. Stacked maybe is the wrong word, but they're a really well-rounded yeah. team. Yeah, I thought it was impressive uh, for Germany to get a win with Schroeder playing the worst game he's played uh, for Germany, at least during this FIBA run, including, you know, their friendlies and that kind of stuff. Germany had this one in the bag, though, and they almost completely blew it. Came down to a shot for Bertans, like, really deep shot, but he was open. Pretty good look. People are saying, should he have given the ball back to Zagers? Maybe so. Uh, But it would have... it was a scramble situation. I'm impressed that Berton's got the stop and the board. Yeah. He got Schroeder to pick up the ball once, and then he deed him up again, got the board. Uh, they had a look at it. Didn't go down, but uh, yeah, I mean, Germany played Team USA pretty well uh, in their friendlies. I remember they beat uh, Canada, and I think they blew one against Canada yep. as yep. well. So they've been really tough uh, throughout this FIBA schedule here, and I'm assuming this game is going to be a, a tight one as well. Yeah, so who do you have going through? To the World Cup final. Like I said, we got Canada-Serbia, USA-Germany. Uh, I don't know the line for that first game, but I saw USA favored by 10.5 over the unbeaten Germans. Maybe disrespectful there, uh, but who do you like? Are we going to get the dream matchup, for us at least, USA versus Canada? I hope so. I, yeah, I think so. Why the heck not? Um, Canada's playing it. Canada's more of the question mark. Mm-hmm. They're playing... Above their heads, like I, I just, I just think Shea is playing out of this world. He's got to keep it up against Serbia. That's not, that's not easy. I, I'm more worried about that game. I, th- I think we got the No Dunks Bowl coming. Yeah, let's hope uh, so. And the No Ducks Cup, I suppose, uh, for this one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm not thinking Team USA is through, uh, but they should be the favorites there. Of course, they've got a lot of depth, and the things that Germany is great at aren't necessarily the things that are going to beat Team USA. Like, I don't know that Germany is going to completely destroy the glass uh, the way Lithuania did. And then, 
I think uh, the other one is going to be a little bit tighter, Serbia and Canada, just because that Serbian team has played together for such a long time. They've got some big dudes as well. It kind of comes down to the backcourts. Dylan Brooks has been really, really good so far. Can he have a stinker? It'll probably happen at some point, but maybe not until the NBA season. Shea, I think we'll just keep it up. So Shea versus Bogey. You're taking Shea at this point. Yeah, let's hear from everybody out there who you got going through to the gold medal game uh, with those four remaining teams. I will note, eight of the 12 Olympic men's basketball spots for the 2024 uh, games in Paris, they've been filled. Host France, you got USA and Canada, Germany and Serbia because Slovenia lost and they advanced, so they're through from the Europe region. Australia, South Sudan, and Japan. So those other four spots, that's eight of 12, those other four spots will be filled by the winner of these last chance tournaments in July. Um, And, you know, obviously some good teams that I did not list there that'll be hoping to get in there, Slovenia being one of them. Like, it's like, you know, they're not there right now. They'll have to qualify. And will that mean, you know, Luca after what they would hope to have a long playoff run in Dallas, does he go then, you know, straight to that qualifying tournament and then right from there into the Olympics if they were to make it? Like, it's a lot of basketball, which is why it was huge, like a team like Canada especially, to qualify for the Olympics, so they don't have to do that particular tournament come July. Yeah, we've got some big NBA names going to be playing in that qualifying tournament. Probably. The Bahamas will be playing in that qualifying oh, tournament with DeAndre Ayton, Eric Gordon, Buddy Heald. Uh, we've got Turkey, uh, Shangun. Uh, there's, yeah, they'll be, you know, in the various tournaments, uh, they'll be making it happen. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a packed summer. Yeah, like will Carl Anthony Towns be playing again right. for the Dominican Republic? To try and get them into the Olympics? Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'd think so. So it could be fun, some of these uh, last chance tournaments. But that's in July. Uh, that's our thoughts on the FIBA World Cup so far. Again, we've been enjoying the hell out of these games. So join us tomorrow morning if you're a sicko, or maybe you're somewhere else in the world and it's a lot better for you. 4.45 a.m. We'll probably go live around 4.30 a.m. for Canada. You want to wake up early? You want to do a pregame? You want to get, get mean, up early I got to get up. I got to make a coffee. I got to fire up the playback, say hello to the people. We'll be around 4.30 or so. And then uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the gap. Like, that game should be over by what? Seven? Like two and a half hours? No, they're not shorter. Even, not they're even, even shorter yeah. than that, yeah. Well, I might just go back to bed then <laughs> and then get up for USA Germany. And, uh, yeah, we are hoping, well, like, you know, no doubt that we want a Canada-USA gold medal game, but do not be shocked at all if Serbia beats Canada or, hell, Germany beats USA. These are two really, really good squads, and they're obviously coming into it as sort of like quote-unquote underdog being overlooked. So they'll yeah. have that little chip on their shoulder as well. Can't wait for those. That's tomorrow, though. Let's take our first break. When we come back, a little NBA question. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. 
Nice to see that fly still living here in the classic factory. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. yeah. We haven't been here in a while, but there he is. I think it's bigger. I think so. No. Oh, oh. Wow. I didn't know. What, I didn't know what Trey was looking at at the beginning of the show. Whether it was a. a cu- I think I got. Oh, you got, got it! Wow! It bounced yeah. off me. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well done, Tassie. There it is. Like a cat. Yes. Just plucking it out of the air. There's flies everywhere. <laughs> Trevor's looking at the nick right. on my my neck earlier in the show. All right, one down, Weird 99 stuff. to go. What's going on? It's fly season. Yeah, it's right. wedding <laughs> season and it's fly season. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and football season, I guess. Yeah, too. I guess. All right. Uh, the NBA offseason's been quiet for a few months now, and that sort of is news in and of itself but the 2024 season right around the corner so we need to start getting our minds back in game shape thankfully our friends over at espn had a few key questions surrounding the landscape of the season that i thought we could tackle here and the first one guys which team is in the best position to knock off those champion denver nuggets we're going to the top why not when i think of this question i i think it's it's unreasonable to think of an Eastern Conference team. I, I just feel like it's cheap, you know? Yeah, because it sounds weird that an Eastern Conference team would knock off yeah. the team that also made it from the other conference. I, I mean, I guess. They can. They can. <laughs> yeah, Let's, yeah. I want to start in the West. And there's, I think there's several teams. I think the Warriors have a shot. I think the Suns have a shot. But I'm surprising myself. I'm going to say the Lakers. I'm going to say the Los Angeles wow. Lakers. I think the second half for the Lakers show that this team uh, – is really, really solid, and with all those acquisitions that they're going to have for the entire season next year, I think it's going to help LeBron and Anthony Davis be fresher in the playoffs. They got so much younger. They played so much faster. That's exactly what LeBron and Anthony Davis need. Austin Reeves is that third star that they've been looking for. He looks phenomenal. I do like uh, the Gabe Vincent signing to just be that tough dude to play, you know, sort of a platoon with D'Angelo Russell. So now I think you have four solid players. I think Rui Achimura, uh, he, he shined in L.A. Some players do, some players don't, and he did. We'll get to another signing a little later in the show that the Lakers did that will, I think, help the the longevity of Anthony Davis when he goes into the playoffs. And, and, and that's really what it really comes down to, AD versus Jokic, if we're talking about these two teams. Mm-hmm. And AD's got to be fresh. And he showed he's a great defensive player. He, I think he's learned how to keep his body fresh for the postseason, even though we all know he gets the Knicks and the Knacks uh, throughout the regular season. He did play throughout the postseason. He did get outplayed by Jokic, there's no doubt. But uh, I, I think they've learned to to keep him fresh. And, yeah, they, they, they match up well. There's just not a lot of teams that match up well with the Nuggets because of Jokic. Mm-hmm. And AD can if he's ready. And I'll, I'll pick them right now. Right. I'll change my mind in a couple weeks, but I'll, I'll go with them. Right <laughs> that's right. right now. That's right. This is early September. We are not locked into any of these predictions. Okay, but you're going Lakers. What do you got? I actually agree with Tass. I think it's the Lakers, though I do wish they had like a beef guy. We'll talk about Christian Wood later. He's not a beefy type, and they are still going to be missing that against Jokic. Yeah. Uh, because Anthony Davis couldn't guard Jokic. They didn't even try him on him. It was like Rui Hachimura. It was LeBron. And it took LeBron out of the game. Like LeBron did a solid job on Jokic, and he had no legs uh, in the fourth quarter. So. I do think it's the Lakers. They got swept last year against the Nuggets. It was still close, people like to say, but they still got swept. Mm -hmm. They got better, but they've got LeBron and AD, so that puts them ahead. But you look at Phoenix. They won two against Denver. In the playoffs, they added Brad Beal. They added Eric Gordon and a bunch of guys that everybody likes on minimum contracts. That being said, the two wins they got... Kevin Durant and Devin Booker went for 80 points in both of those games. So <laughs> the they game can still do it. Exactly. Them. You got to yeah. try and outscore it. But man, Jokic is such a cheat code because like 
Phoenix has a number one draft pick center, and he has no chance yeah. against Jokic, and Jokic will just put him in the basket, and that's without going into the fact that they got the best starting lineup out there. So the team that's most likely to beat Denver this year is in the Eastern Conference, definitely. And the Milwaukee would, Bucks. And Milwaukee? Okay, I thought you were going to go Boston. They've got maybe. size. Nah. Yeah. Milwaukee, uh, Boston too small. Uh, the Bucks are big. They've got size. they got defense. And they got Giannis. All of the Nuggets have basically said, the Timberwolves played us the hardest yeah. last year. Yeah. It's because they had two seven-footers, and so did the Bucks. So I think that's the team that has the best chance against Denver. All right. Well, let's hear from everybody out there joining us live on YouTube, listening to the podcast later. You can tweet at us, at NoDunksInc, INC on the end. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. Uh, your answers to all these questions. Which team is in the best position to knock off the Nuggets? Next one here. Which team needs to make the playoffs or show marked improvement? Which, like, they're under the gun to really start turning things around, Tass, and start getting some wins. Either a team that's sort of on the precipice of being good and need to get in the playoffs, or a team that's, like, been bad for a long time and needs to start winning some damn games. Where you go? Well, it's the Pelicans. They have so many question marks. Um, Zion's looking good in the gym, working out now, and it's uh, it's just a question of him being on the floor, as we all know. It's not a question about talent. It's not a Ben Simmons question. Uh, but if he can't be on the floor, uh, then – Question marks in the front office. Uh, question marks with uh, the rest of the roster and Brandon Ingram. And now there's a Troy, Mur- a Troy Murphy, a Trey Murphy. I will always call Trey Murphy Troy Murphy. Oh, Troy Murphy, Warriors legend. <laughs> yeah, absolute <laughs> legend. He, he just, He's available. He played too early. <laughs> Troy Murphy was, was ahead of his time. time. Oh, you know it. Wow. He was a gunner. That's a hot take right there. <laughs> he was a gunner. But speaking of gunners, Trey Murphy the third injured. He had an incredible second half to the season. Only Curry and Clay hit more threes. He was on fire. Uh, hit forty two percent of his threes after the All Star break. But he's shown throughout his year here, uh, throughout his two years, that he is a great three point shooter. Uh, just just perfect to play around Ingram, McCollum, and Zion. He had 200 threes last year, and now he's hurt. It's a meniscus injury. Yeah. I doubt he'll start the season, um, but it, let's say he's not there, and, and they get out to a bad start. Yes, heads may roll, um, and they just may not be able to come back from it just because they don't have shooting. They are 23rd in threes made last year, and if he's not there, I mean, you're, you're just hoping that Herb Jones has a bounce back year. It, it, and he's just good. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player athleticism he's in a dunk contest he can throw down uh he just fits so well with those guys so yeah when he and when he's not there the puzzle pieces just there's just so much more yeah non-fitting they don't fit as well so i I think that that's that's key he should get hopefully get back because there's so many injury concerns obviously with that team Mm -hmm. who are you going with uh i think the pelicans is good and i did see zion working out he looks (laughs) Like he's in shape, but it yeah. also it looks like his gym is like a garage. <laughs> yeah, like I a couldn't. Flat screen on the wall, a cabinet with a, like normal door pulls on it. Very weird. Yeah. I was like, did he just stop at Will Guillory's house and get a workout in here? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of teams I think that need to make some improvement. The Mavericks went 38 and 44 last year. That's ridiculous. Yeah. They tanked it away at the end of the season, but that was like one week of tanking. They just couldn't put things together after the Kyrie Irving trade and obviously the long season wore on Luka. So I think that's an easy one. I think the Timberwolves, 
need to look more cohesive. They got better as the second half of the season came along last year. And like we said, they played the Nuggets okay uh, in the playoffs, but they got to be better. In the Eastern Conference, for me, it's our hometown Atlanta Hawks right here. They made the conference finals surprisingly in the 21 season. Then they won a fewer percentage of their games in the 22 season. And then last year, just 41 and 41. They did make it back to the playoffs, but... Things have changed now around Atlanta. We got a new coach in town in Quinn Snyder. He's there for a full season. John Collins was finally traded. Didn't bring anything back. People are going to start looking at Trey Young even more so uh, if the Hawks continue to be kind of like a middling team. And it always comes down to the start of the season for Atlanta, it feels like, where they just come out and they are not ready (laughs) to start the season. So they need to come out and have a big October, November, and get Trey Young to the All-Star game. Like, if Trey Young makes the All-Star game, the Hawks are going to have a good season because it means he's been playing well the whole year. Yeah, I'll go with a team that, to me, is like a little similar to the Hawks in the West. Uh, the Timberwolves, I think, need to show marked improvement, like, right away. Be a playoff team, of course. I mean, they should be flirting sort of with home court advantage, I think, in the Western Conference, or at least that's the design of this squad. And if they get off to a slow start, oh, my God, then you're going to hear nonstop Carl Anthony Town trade rumors because it will be like get out of the way and give it to Anthony Edwards and we've got Gobert we don't think we'll get the package we would get for him if we moved him so we got to move Cat and I like some of the moves they made I'm telling everybody to buy as much Nikhil Alexander Walker stock as you can they have like some depth on this squad they should be good but they cannot start slow just like the Hawks here in the east so uh, to me I would go I sort of have them circled as like they got to come out and look competent and try and make these pieces work. Because at least they had the excuse last year of Carl Anthony Towns getting injured, and we didn't see a lot of Gobert and Cat. And so we didn't even know really how it worked and if it could work and whatever. Along with Anthony Edwards sort of blossoming into a, an all-star player. So, you know, they got to figure all this out. I have, I actually have some expectations for this team. But they can't start slow. Because, man, those those trade whispers will be not they'll be loud they'll be trade yells <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> you'll, you'll, ha- you'll have to make that move I would think if they start badly the cat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how could they if they started 5 and 15 or, you know 7 and 20 like yeah. it'll either they be that or Chris Finch somebody will be gone well, yeah. well that's yeah. usually the first yeah. you're right that's the first domino but uh, and then somebody else comes in and you know, same personnel and if you can't get it to work then <laughs> it's going to move off cat and they've been playing fine under Chris Finch uh, they, they haven't been playing poorly under him. You know, it's about a 500 record since he got there. They just have to be, uh, yeah, a little bit more cohesive. They have the parts, that's for sure. And, mm-hmm. and it's about coaching, I, I think, with both these teams, and with the Atlanta Hawks as well. There's a lot of belief in Quinn Snyder and getting a lot out of these guys. And Trey Young uh, has a big belief in Quinn Snyder. But it's got to be on him and uh, this team that, yeah, decreased their talent in trading John Collins. But if there's an increase in, hey, we're playing together uh, and buying in, then they have so much talent. Um, Trey's not done. Trey's not done. He's not, I, I, th- yeah, this trajectory of Trey you know, being a selfish player or, or, or being looked at as a selfish player, is, it's got to stop. Even, even his cohorts, his colleagues were, weren't <laughs> voting for him as an all-star, as a guy who was going 30 and 10 last year going into the all-star break. Things got to change, and uh, yeah, I, I do believe in, in Quinn. And they had that they had that nice runway of last year of having Quinn in the fold. So that's that's a good start, I think, for them. All right, final one here: which notable signing, extension, or trade will be deemed an early success? Trey, let's start with you. We always talk about FIBA competitions being a springboard for success into the NBA. 
could it be Dylan Brooks mm. with Whoa! the Houston Rockets? Oh, I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this, Skeets, but I'm like, he's been great in FIBA. He was key in getting them to the knockout round. He had a great second half. Who did they end up beating? Lafia, right? Mm-hmm. They needed Dylan yep. Brooks. If Dylan Brooks plays as well for Houston as he has been for Canada and gives the same leadership gets kicked out occasionally from a game, yeah. trash talks, shows up with boxing gloves. I think that's awesome for the Rockets. I don't know if I'm necessarily buying into it, if it will happen, if uh, if you want him to be as big of a part of it, your team in the NBA as he is for Canada. I don't know. But a lot of pe- players have success in a World Cup and take it in the NBA. It could be Dylan Brooks with the Houston Rockets. The shots shall be there. Yeah, he was he was instrumental in the in the win against Spain. Uh, yeah. Obviously in the knockout there. He's won in the Latvian game as well. Uh, Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. Are they going to be like the difference makers there with Udoka in Houston to actually start winning some games? As far as the the temperament, the the locker room goes, those guys can have a big impact, Udoka included. Yeah. But the guys who are going to take them to the next level are Jalen Green, Shengun, and Jabari Smith, really, uh, to, to get them to the next level, which is... 35 wins. And uh, I think the guys who will get credit for it uh, in in the mainstream will probably be Dylan Brooks and Udoka and maybe some Fred. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the guys the guys who I believe in, I believe in Jalen Green, I believe in Shengun, I believe in Jabari Smith. I think they have a lot of talent. But I think, yeah, as far as just being a professional, yeah, Brooks is going to help do that. I'm, I'm buying in as well. And he could play. <laughs> just, he could, just, just stop there and think yeah. about how funny that sounds. Yeah. But you're not professionalism I, and Dylan Brooks. Yeah, but yeah, as far as just showing up and playing hard, the Rockets haven't had that in years. Right. He he doesn't have to be good. He doesn't have to. Like, like, he <laughs> well, doesn't, it would help. It would help. It yeah, would but help. He, like, what's good mean? I mean, twelve points a game, playing really, 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 good, really, good really hard. Good for Dylan Brooks is not shooting your team out of game. That's right. That's when he's a great a great player because yeah. you know he's going to give it a hundred percent on the defensive end. Yeah. And he is he is an elite defender because he tries his ass off, and I mean that's you know that that's half a defense, right? Like giving a damn on that end. It's when he gets in trouble is when he gets a little too shot happy, thinks he has to take over, and then you're looking at the five for nineteen box scores. Mm-hmm. When it's five for twelve, no no one blinks, no one cares. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Hit a couple threes, maybe get to the line a couple times, you're you're happy. It's it's when he it's when he thinks he turns into you know, or he thinks he's Kobe for a second. You're like, yeah. What what are you doing, man? That's yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a couple things going for the Rockets. Number one, I mean, Dylan Brooks, yes, he got a big contract, but he also just got kicked off a team uh, in the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. So I think that has to wake him up a little bit. But also, there's a floor general in Fred Van Vliet, and there's other guys who want to shoot. You know, Jalen Green is going to shoot plenty. Uh, Jafari Smith and Shangun, they all have to have the rock. So I think he can help. And again, it's like, yeah, five for 10. Well, that, that's a great night, actually. Uh, more like four for 12, playing ridiculously hard. And yeah, just helping turn around that locker room. And those will be the guys who get the credit because Dylan Brooks is the headline all the time. But uh, I think Udoka is going to have a big part on that in that locker room. Well, we saw he wasn't afraid to call out superstars in Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. I don't know why he'd be afraid to like try and reel in Dylan Brooks when he needs to be reeled in. Uh, <laughs> and Van Vliet can probably help with that too. He's basically a floor general. So, I, hey, look, I'm loving the Dylan Brooks praise. I mean, I'm just a little shocked I'm hearing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you have been watching how he's played for Team Canada, you, you can see why these guys are saying this. And can he just carry that over to the Rockets? 
Maybe. Hey, second on my list was Dennis Schroeder, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. He's been balling in FIBA, too. He yeah. has been. You only get the credit for the bump, though, if you're a young player. If you're a Lowry Markkinen dominating for Finland, they're like, what if he brings this mm-hmm. to, right. his, uh, he to his NBA team? What if Dennis Schroeder is a 20-point-per-game scorer for the Raptors? <laughs> yeah. That'd be big. He could be, but that may not be a good sign that the also Raptors true. are winning a bunch of games, but... That's he's hard. been he was amazing i mean he had one stinker there we talked about a 426 otherwise he's been like you know on the short list for all tournament team he's gonna play and that's why i'm telling you it's not that bad of an offseason for the raps even though they lost fred van vliet the drop-off isn't gonna be that bad from a 41 win team to a 38.5 win team 38.5 yeah. Win yeah. Team. Yeah, that's their over under <laughs> line i just i just made oh. it it's probably like it's it's gonna be lower because there's far less expectations but really why should the expectations be all that different? It's just it's going to be a mediocre team. That's fine. Schroeder's not going to be a, an all star, uh, but uh, yeah, temper your expectations and at least they're not doing the same thing over and over again. I, I want to talk about one guy who's in this FIBA world that is kind of flying under the radar because he was just in a qualifying tournament, and that's DeAndre Ayton. We talked about a guy who hasn't been trusted by Monty Williams is going into a new relationship with Frank Vogel as his head coach in Phoenix. And if they are going to be a threat to the Denver Nuggets, he's got to be mm-hmm. he's got to be good. And he's played Jokic twice in the playoffs in 21. Yeah, he, he got beat pretty bad, uh, even though uh, you know the Suns were able to move on in that series. Jokic still gave it to him, and then he gave it to him even worse here uh, this season. He played for the Bahamas this offseason in, in a pre-qualifying tournament where he was one of the leaders. And... You know, I'm, I'm buying a little bit much, too much into body language, but he was in the huddles calling stuff out, being way different. You know, He's not a vocal guy, but if he could be anything like that, Frank Vogel can pull something out of that from, from that pre-qualifying tournament to just step up to Jokic, just to be a more physical presence. He doesn't have to score with Durant, Beal, and, and Booker, but they need him so badly. And so if you, if you just get a little upgrade... If you get a little upgrade at center uh, against Jokic, yeah, I'm just I'm just buying into Vogel and buying into the locker room and uh, a new relationship with the head coach. He's got the talent, as Trey said, a number one overall pick. Let's hope he can grow a little bit. They also need big, <laughs> big defensive performances because they they might struggle on the perimeter a little bit. You know, with Beal and Booker mm-hmm. uh, being their backcourt, so. They've got the talent. They've got the talent. And, you know, we didn't even mention Beal as being a guy who could oh, come sure. in and, you know, drop 25. They're going to win a lot of games. Beal's going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of, like, oh, yeah, Bradley Beal. He's really good at scoring. Like, he's going to have some monster games here, even if he's playing alongside Booker and KD. He's going to have games where he's, like, easily scoring 30, 35. And people are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he can do that. <laughs> so that'll be fun. You know, that'll happen early. Uh, I like the eight and pick there. My problem, though, is like we get like, you know, I- I'm guilty as well. Like we get so caught up in, look at this guy in FIBA, man. Look at this guy. He's a leader. He's going for 25 and 10s. We see it all the time from these guys that are like just solid, decent role players in the NBA, but they're like, they're leaders. They're superstars yeah. in the international setting. And it's 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 apples to oranges, right? It's just a different environment, different setting, and the pecking order, and and it doesn't always like sometimes you can see people bring it over, but not all the time. In fact, yeah. more times than not, you don't. You don't like we don't like you know you're gonna get excited about watching Bogdanovich right now, but are you gonna be like this guy's gonna be scoring 25 in the NBA this season? No, no. he's had too many World Cup runs where we talk about how I know. good he's been. I know. Yeah, yeah. he looks different. 
I don't think I can remember a layup with the Atlanta Hawks, but he actually <laughs> he drives to the rim. He That's looks true. so different. But with DeAndre, I'm not expecting on-court development. I don't care if he scores 20 points with the Suns. They don't need that. Yeah. He just needs to have a, a mental change. Sure. And maybe Vogel. May, maybe yeah. Vogel can do that. It, you know, I'm hoping there's a Vogel-Hibbert reincarnation where he does something just defensively with this guy. That's that's all it – you know, and maybe just a new relationship without Chris Paul being in the mix. So maybe. They, they need it desperately. You think we might have verticality back in our lives? <laughs> Bring back Roy. With Vogel and Aiton. Uh, any, any, <laughs> any other notable signings, extensions, trades that you think – could be an early success you're excited about. Austin Reeves is actually good. This yeah. guy's legitimately good, and him going up another level will make the Lakers go up another level. A deep cut, though, I like Obi Toppin on the Pacers, and I think he's going to show out playing alongside Tyrese Halliburton, and early in the season is uh, the key to me here because yeah. early in the season, he'll be out running. He'll, you'll only notice the good parts of Obi Toppin's game and maybe not Rick Carlisle deciding to keep him on the bench because he forgets about some stuff uh, defensively or a lack of being a real three-point threat, things that will kind of pile up as the season goes on and more and more games are played and the scouting report changes. But yeah. I do think he'll look nice running the wing next to Halliburton. This guy's going to get some easy dunks, and he's a great dunker. Yeah, that's a good call. Like, in these first couple of weeks, he's going to be on all these, like, top tens because he'll be throwing down dunks in transition from Halliburton. He catches fire from the corner, too. He really? actually can shoot a little bit. He's a little streaky, but uh, he could have some big, big games there early. I like that one. Anything else on your list? No, I think we've uh, – we're talking about sh- uh, streaky shooters. Sasha Vizankov with the Kings. I-, I think the Kings are sort of – you know, they're flying under the radar because they sort of impressed last oh, year. Oh, big time. Yeah. And they're I don't I don't see them dropping off in any way. Now it's really hard to go from surprise team to championship type team for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think Sasha Vizankov and, and his shooting, uh, he plays the European game where he moves and he cuts. You want to talk about highlights in a different way, you know, a shooting way? I think he'll be part of that. And yeah, if they want to get to the next level, they got to play defense. But yeah. Vizankov is is a nice little signing. And it's little in that it's not going to make them a championship threat unless they start to play defense. But he's fun. He's a lefty, so that's you know adds to the the fun part. And he, he shoots it kind of funny. But uh, yeah, he's got a ridiculous percentage, ridiculous efficiency. That offense should be number one in the league again. They added Javale McGee too, didn't they? They sure did. <laughs> some locker room vibes, some championship pedigree. Every warrior, every former warrior, come on in. That's right, that's right. All right, uh, there's a little NBA talk for you. We'll uh, start ramping up our NBA coverage as we get closer and closer to the NBA season. It starts in less than 50 days. Yeah, it does. That sort of blows your mind, doesn't it? It's right around the corner. These are going to be like some seriously long seasons for a guy like Luca to play through that's the true. FIBA World Cup have a month off, not even, just a, a few weeks, go back into training camp, play an entire season, and then try to qualify, and then play in the <laughs> Olympics, and then guess what? It's the next season. That's a lot of basketball. A lot of basketball. 50 days of hookah, though. He'll, he'll, he'll get it in. <laughs> you know what he needs? He needs a break, like we're going to take right. right now. Don't go anywhere. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, before we get to Tweet of the Night, you said Troy Murphy accidentally instead mm-hmm. of Trey Murphy yeah. the third. I was looking up his uh, basketball reference page. I was a little shocked. What do you think he averaged in his career, points and rebounds, and he played over 700 games? He That's played a lot of games. that many he played games. That many games. Played 12 years. What do you think he averaged? I think it helped that he played for the Golden State Warriors in the bad days. Mm-hmm. So he did indeed. In the early Fourteen 2000s. and six. Okay, Trey. Ten and five. Okay, split the difference, guys. Eleven and eight. That's a lot of boards. That's not bad. That's pretty damn good. And uh, you know, you said he was ahead of his time a little bit. Yeah. I, I assumed because you, you know, he, he's a big guy that could shoot. Yep. And I was like, really? Could he shoot that well? <laughs> One year for the Pacers, not the Warriors. Ah. He hit 2.2 threes a game on five attempts. This guy was a big old white doofus. <laughs> That's why the Pacers loved him. That's 45%. And he played in a lot of games. This wasn't small sample size. Like, that's legit really good. He averaged 14 that year and 12 boards. Troy Murphy, man. Troy Murphy was a problem. <laughs> People forget Troy Murphy was a bucket. Yeah. Who do you think he is uh, for his similarity scores? 
do you think they got? Can we get it? Like, uh, is it possible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is it? Well, like, does he like play like him? Look like him? I would say more looks like him. Okay. Austin Crozier. Oh, fair, fair. You gotta incorporate the three-point no. shooting. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Bargnani. No, nah, oh. we're not gonna get this. Oh. Wally Zerbiak. This oh, is his number one comp. Oh, wow, wow. Really? <laughs> Zerbiak was an all-star. Stats comp. Stats comp. It's a stats comp yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. 14th pick in the uh, 2001 NBA draft, Troy Murphy. Troy Murphy. Troy Murphy the second, now Trey Murphy the third. <laughs> Little, yeah, it's an unknown fact that Trey Murphy the second is actually Troy Murphy. What? Anyway, what? Trey Murphy the third plays for the Pelicans. <laughs> Troy Murphy the second played for the. Warriors and the Pacers, <laughs> apparently. Well, yes, and the Celtics. Troy Murphy and is the Trey Lakers Murphy's dad. And the there you go. That's a that's a that's a conspiracy. A lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. Um, that's why you can shoot the three so well. That's right. Let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet ah. Indochino, Indochino. Oh no, here we are. All right, tweet of the night. We hinted at it earlier. Mm-hmm. Christian Wood is a September signing, and he has signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. Everybody make more of this than it's actually going to pan out to be. <laughs> of course, that's the time. Yep. Adrian Wojnarowski first with the news. And then this from our man Mark Spears, Christian Wood's statement to Anscape about signing with the Lakers. The former Mavericks forward opted not to discuss his former team, but you know, he kind of hinted at it. Mm. Uh, so here's uh, Wood's statement. I've always wanted to be a Laker. I know we can win a championship. Communication with a coach is a big key. Coach Ham and I go back to our Milwaukee days, and we've had great conversations every day about this opportunity. He believes in me and told me I'll be playing a big role and knows what I can do. Ham, I don't know if you want to do that this early. Anyways, I'm looking forward to this and for sure motivated after what <laughs> Dallas did. F-A-S-U-R-E. One word. Sure. One word. For sure. <laughs> so Darvin Ham promising a big role. What kind of, what kind of promise? I don't know if we're talking Maury Harden promise here, but that's the, in the eyes of Christian Wood, he's going to have a role on this Lakers team. What do you expect of Wood on this team, Trey? I guess they have a relationship from back in the day, right? Christian Wood and Darvin Ham. Yeah, uh, two guys with nouns for last names, <laughs> Wood and Ham. For a guy they got in September. For the veteran minimum, pretty good value. Christian Wood, he is indeed a bucket, but the expectations are so low because he scored 16 a game for the Dallas Mavericks last year, and they're like, no thanks. (laughs) They're not a stacked team. They're a team that didn't even make it to the play-in tournament by their own volition, and they said, see you later, Christian Wood, because he's never played in the playoffs. He's going to help in the regular season because Anthony Davis is going to miss games. Christian Wood plays very similarly to Anthony Davis on the offensive end. The defensive end, he would rather not play. (laughs) I assume there will be games when Christian Wood is starting. But if you're picking up one of your starters in September, you didn't have a starter. So that's kind of how I feel about it here. It's kind of like the Lakers got to choose between Christian Wood and Bismack Biombo. I don't know. I guess they went offense. Yeah, he can pick and pop. Mm-hmm. Guy can shoot. Yep. And, you know, yeah. For a big guy, he can he can hit the three with some consistency. But yeah, this is his eighth NBA team. Christian Immaculate Grid Wood. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be a good grid guy. The only he's never played on a winning team except the team he was alluding to, where Darvin Ham was a part of the roster or the coaching staff. The Bucks. He played like a handful of minutes for that 2018-1960 win Bucks team. Otherwise, he's played on bad teams and he gets stats. Um, 
I wouldn't have the highest expectations in the world, but he'll have games where he goes for 20 and 10 and people will get very excited, especially him being a Laker now. Uh, but if he can rebound a little bit and he can hit the three and he can fill in, like you said, Tass, when Anthony Davis inevitably misses a couple weeks and sort of keep the team afloat, then then you're fine. But, you know, he's, he's going to, in theory, if he's on this team, at, uh, you know, come the playoffs and they're in it, he'll finally see some playoff action because he's never played a single playoff minute. That's crazy. You want to talk about uh, Troy Murphy numbers? This guy puts up numbers. Murphy numbers. Putting up Murph numbers. He's averaged 15 and 7 in this league and uh, you know, had some big, monstrous years. The Dallas Mavericks said, nah, not interested. Even that Milwaukee Bucks team that he refers to, that he has a relationship with Darvin Ham in 18 19, they released him. Yeah, he got waived. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's, yeah, he's got to change it up. Um, but I think as far as him never playing in the playoffs, he may not play in the playoffs. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the yeah, Lakers care. Point. I don't think the Lakers care. Uh, like, look at the Suns. They went and signed Bull Bull as sort of a late August signing. It was an August signing. Compare that to this. Um, he's. You got to be excited if you're the Lakers. I, I know it's. He, I don't think he's going to play a big role in the postseason. But his number one job is to eat minutes in the regular season, so AD can sit. And them to have you know a decent record when he plays. So and he's a relief pitcher. <laughs> Come on in, man. Yeah, middle innings. Sop up some innings. Yeah, yes. That's what they want from him. Yeah, he'll be. A, I mean, I guess he is. Uh, he's a relief starter. You know, the starter games, the re- the bullpen games mm. that they're doing now in in Major League Baseball. They have a guy come in for two innings to start a game. Oh wow! That's what Christian Wood will be. <laughs> just just to get AD to the playoffs fresher that's the only real purpose i think but you know he's talented he's freaking really talented if anyone ever gets through to him then uh yeah it's an incredible incredible signing i'll tell you who he's not he's not pal gasol richard sherman all right (laughs) you can you can stop with those uh comparisons christian wood is not pal gasol not even close uh well again he'll maybe score a little bit he'll get some stats Maybe he can sop up some minutes uh, when AD goes down. But uh, he's not that great. He's on his eighth NBA team. If he was good, he'd be with these squads for longer. And a lot of those stats came on shitty teams. They were almost always crappy 20-win teams, and somebody's got to score. Like, I don't want to pile on the guy, but I just don't think he's as good as some people think because they see the box score numbers, and they go, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a bit of a mirage to me. My personal opinion. But he's better than Jackson Hayes uh, coming off the bench for the Lakers. And the Lakers have had some pretty good success with this recently. Finding a guy on the scrap heap and rebuilding his value. They did it with Malik Monk. Had a good year uh, with the Lakers. Then went on to have a really – got a nice contract and have a really nice season with the Kings. Similar with Schroeder as well uh, on the Lakers last year, then going to the Raptors. So maybe this is another reclamation project. People look pretty good playing next to LeBron yeah. if you're willing to shoot it as soon as you get it, which he definitely is. Yes, that's <laughs> right. That's right. All right, so Christian Wood going to L.A. Let's hear your thoughts on that. I think he can make an impact on uh, on this team. We're going to call it there because we got to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to bed right now right now got to get up early tomorrow canada serbia 4 30 a.m eastern i like this little canadian flag touch here JD. gorgeous stuff <laughs> animation so that is on playback that link is in the show notes make sure you join the no ducks room we're nearly at 4,000 in that community so that's a blast uh and then a little bit later in the morning around 8 30 <laughs> it'll be usa and germany 
if you're wondering why we're laughing, you got to join us on YouTube to see these animations. This is a, a gentleman, as Trey said, kind of <laughs> looks like Joe Burrow. Yeah, oh, bit. how do you feel about that freeze, JD? I know you're going to be mad at that later. Maybe. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> JD's not taking the offseason off. No, he's not. That's for sure. Uh, and who do you like in the football game tonight? Chiefs Lions. It's back, baby. Uh, it's a tough one. Tough one. Uh, I got to go with the Chiefs here. Okay. Yeah, you know, the got Lions to. are overhyped. Oh, wow. Lions are overhyped, man. Yeah, a lot of buzz coming into this yeah, year. Yeah, so they had a good half a season last year. <laughs> what about the previous 40 years? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Task Chiefs, Lions. Oh, I'm going with Patrick. Don't call me Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, ahead of his time as a pitcher. He was a relief pitcher. He could be starting bullpen <laughs> games. Yeah. He could be the Troy Murphy of today's Major League Baseball. Give me the Lions. Upset pick. Is Kelsey playing tonight? <laughs> we don't great know. Question. Great We're not question. Sure. Give me Detroit. I'm buying the hype. And uh, my buddy Grish will be ecstatic if they win. All right, let's call it there, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Go to nodunks.com. Get all your t shirts and hoodies there. And we will see you tomorrow on Playback. And uh, we will be planning, uh, you know, after the gold medal game to be uh, either back here in the factory or jumping in the yard to talk about that. But we got to find out who's playing first. So join us tomorrow on Playback. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining. And remember, I just checked. Kelsey is playing. Is he? No, she. Kelsey Plum. She's playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, when you said Kelsey, I immediately thought of Kelsey oh, Plum. Interesting. Travis. And I'm happy about that. Travis. Yeah. Doesn't he? Isn't he busy podcasting? Uh, he does podcast does. With, his with his brother, brother. Jason. That's right. <laughs> Who looks like our Jason? A JD. little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Embrace the pigskin, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.